Hi, I'm David, I'm from England, and I'm a Coldplay fan. Hello everyone and welcome to Code Talks. I am your host for Code Talks, Rodrigo. I am from Brazil and I thank you very much for listening to this episode. It's very nice to have you here with us. Well, today I bring a very special uh, conversation with David, also known as the Butterfly Underline 07 on Twitter, or only the Butterfly. He's from England, as you have just listened. This was a very important and special conversation to me and you're going to learn why in a few seconds but um david's just so honest and passionate about the band i mean everyone that has already been here was very passionate about the band but david has a special thing that i don't know what it is i think it's very nice the way he talks about the band we talked much about um ghost stories that is his favorite album and why ghost stories is his favorite album because The reason for that is very nice and it's very beautiful. We talked about Coldplay tours and uh, how can we understand a bit more from the bands just from the tours. It was very nice because when I finished this conversation with him, I got the, the impression that, okay, I have just met someone who thinks about the same crazy stuff that I do, <laughs> who is as nerdy as I am about like analyzing the order of the set list on the tours and how the stage behaves and how the band members behave on each song of the tour and why uh, each song is connected to the previous and to the next one the way it is. So there is, this is a very detail oriented conversation and uh, I felt like if if we had more time, we would spend the whole day talking. So this is a very special episode for us to have here. Before I begin today's episode, I have one very nice uh, piece of news to give you. If you follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you already know. And by the way, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at CodeTalksPod, B-O-D, on the end, on all of them. But well, this week I have recorded a special episode, extra episode, with Patrick, the six-year-old fan from the Pledge Arena concert, the one who entered on, the one who went upstage with the band through Coloratura and presented each member. He's the cutest. He's and I interviewed him and his mother Laura. So this Saturday more specifically October 30, one day before Halloween, by the way, <laughs> we'll have their conversation here. It was, it is a very short episode, but it's so cute and nice that I think you're going to like it a lot. So yeah, so this Saturday, October 30th, don't miss Patrick and his mom, Laura, here on Call Talks. So yeah, let's go. It's up to you, David. So hello, David. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good, too. Uh, it's the first time we have someone from the UK here, and I'm very glad that it's you. Well, I'm, uh, you know, I, I mean, I don't like to be the first, but sometimes it's good. <laughs> sometimes it's good, right? But why didn't you like being the first? 
I don't know, because I suppose if you're the first from, from somewhere, people get a, a particular impression that everyone from that place is like that. <laughs> nah, don't worry about that. People here are not going to think about that. I, I'm, I hope so. <laughs> I cannot speak in the heads of those people, but I think they will be fine with that. Well, David, uh, it's very nice to have you here. Um, I got really excited because you sent me a message saying that you wanted to, and again, you were number one and other thing, you were the first person who listened to the podcast Because all the previous episodes were with people that I invited and you were someone who said, I identify with that and I want to be there. And I feel very grateful and very honored, by the way, to see that people are connecting to the podcast and we don't ha we don't even have one month old. We are, uh, I think we are, at the time we're recording this, we have, yeah, we have been airing for three weeks. So it's very nice to, to have you. I, I think, I, I mean, personally, I think it's a great idea. What you're doing, I think it, it's lovely to put, to finally be able to put some, I suppose, not faces, but voices, voices. To, to names and actual proper names to, to Twitter usernames yeah. as well. So it's a, it's a really nice idea and it's, it's really lovely to hear uh, people's stories and experiences with the band and... Uh, you know, their favorite moments and stuff. So it's, 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 it's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes we are on Twitter because we don't have like anybody to talk to about the band and, and about what we feel when we have a release or I don't know, something like that. But here, the idea was, well, we talk on Twitter. Why don't we talk face, face to face or voice to voice or something like that, right? David, I always start with a little profile of the guests and with you, it won't be different. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about you? You were David, you were from the UK, but what else? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, what else? <laughs> I uh, so I, uh, so I work for the UK government. Ooh. Uh, that, that's my, that's my job. Okay. Um, so I, I work, uh, in, uh, with prisons, so it's quite, I mean, I suppose you could say quite high profile. <laughs> yeah. It's quite important. Um, so I've, I, yeah, I've been doing that for a few years now. And, uh, but I suppose really, you know, my main sort of passion outside of, of work is, is music, uh, you know, in terms of, you know, listening to new music, discovering new music, um, and writing music, uh, as, as well. It's a, a huge hobby of mine and has been for, a, 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 well, to be honest, for as long as I can remember. Ooh, that's, that's great. We're going to talk about music later because I see that, well, we have talked off camera. I'm, I'm airing quotation marks here, <laughs> but we have talked before we began about music. And I think, uh, I love to have musicians here. Shout out to Frank. If you haven't listened to the episode with Frank, uh, we talk about this too, because I am also a musician and, and And I see how Coldplay, I mean, I'm, I'm just a musician because of Coldplay. I'm 100% um, sure about that. Lots of people who have Coldplay as their favorite band and our musicians make music because of our very inspired by Coldplay. So I think that's very nice. So let's go to Coldplay and, and your profile. What is your favorite Coldplay album? Tricky question. Right? So my favorite Coldplay album, and I don't, I think... I get the impression, particularly on Twitter, that this album, I think it, it's very much, it's, I think what we would call in England as it's a bit of a Marmite album. So I don't know whether you've ever heard of Marmite. I, I haven't. So Marmite is something in England that you like spread on bread or toast. And it has a very specific sort of taste. Wow. Um, and either you like it or you absolutely hate it. 
I, I hate Marmite personally. <laughs> I think it's disgusting. Wow. But I, I get the impression from Twitter that uh, my favourite album is a bit like that, that a lot of people really like it. And a lot of people... Hate it. Maybe not. Maybe hate is a bit too strong, but it's, it's not their favourite. It's probably towards the bottom of their list somewhere and that album is ghost stories um i was picturing that you're going to say a head full of dreams (laughs) see that's interesting and and i I will come i think you know i I, in terms of a head full of dreams it's it's a strange one for me because it that was the album for me that where i really started to become a cold player got it ghost stories was sort of the start ish but the head full of dreams is where i really started to emerge myself in being a cold player and you know following cold player accounts and stuff on Twitter and you know and seeing them live and I know obviously that's probably something we're going to come on to um, yes we will but uh, you know ghost stories for me it's it's my favourite for you know quite personal reasons um, it was it came out when I was 17 and at the time I was going through a lot of tough stuff in my personal life um, and it just seemed to come out at, at I suppose at the right time it was the time that I think you know I needed it the most and you know it, it might be a little bit dramatic to say it but I think it was the, it's an album that saved my life really in terms of the, the, you know the, when it came out and just the whole the theme and you know the, I suppose the story behind why it was written um, you know because that at the time that was very public between Chris and Gwyneth um, yeah. and you know, I suppose to, as someone who's a fan of the band, when you see that a member of the band is going through a tough time, you you feel impacted by that as well. You feel, you know, hurt by the things that you're reading about, you know, uh, what, what they're going through. And, you know, I think the lyrics on that album are just so beautifully written. Um, Chris Martin, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, oh yeah, precisely. Yeah. You know, the guy's, the guy's a genius. <laughs> Um, he really yeah. is. And um, I think I, I remember listening to an interview that Chris did with uh, a, uh, a previous um, radio producer in England called Zane Lowe. Got it. And he, he, and he uh, said to Chris that listening to ghost stories, you know, it feels like Chris, Johnny and Will are like, almost like surrounding him and hugging him and making sure he's okay through that whole album. You said um, Chris, Johnny, and Will. I thought you were going to say Guy, Johnny, and Will. Johnny, and Will. Even. Yeah, right. I was like, oh, wait, there is something missing. But yes, sorry. Um, just... The Guy, Johnny, and Will um, were like surrounding him and, and I suppose comforting him during that whole yeah. album and making sure that he was okay. And I think when you compare that to other Coldplay albums, you know, if you think about Viva La Vida, for example, you almost see Chris at the front, like charging into battle with the other three you know, yeah. following behind, playing their various instruments. And I suppose you could say the same for, you know, albums like Milo Xyloto and A Head Full of Dreams as well, that it, it's very much, you know, feels like Chris is leading the way with, with everything. But Ghost Stories, it really felt like Chris was in the middle and the other three were saying, this is okay. Um, and I think it was really nice of, you know, uh, Johnny, Will and Guy to, to I suppose say to Chris, yes, we can make ghost stories. Yeah, this is very clear on the I Have Full of Dreams documentary, but we can see that happening. Like we have, uh, I think Johnny's saying exactly what you did right now, exactly what you said. That that was the album that they let Chris, I won't say rest, but 
actually is the opposite. They let Chris be himself and, and rest in the other members. And this is so beautiful about Coldplay because, I mean, some days ago they were on... Some days ago here that we are recording, but probably when this airs, this had happened for a long time. But when they have been on the um, on Howard's turn, that they got the whole band, and it was so clear that they were all there because of Chris. Because and it's very rare to have everybody on the band like answering to an interview and, and being there together. Usually they do it on couples or Chris alone. But on that day they were all there, and it was. I don't know, maybe on the day or some days after, some days before, I don't know. But on a concert that Chris said that he wasn't feeling very well. And, uh, and it's nice to see that on that interview, because Howard Stane is not a fan favorite, for sure. No. <laughs> yeah, uh, and maybe not even a band favorite, because, um, well, it was clear that they were a bit uncomfortable and that he was asking some strange questions in the beginning of the interview. I don't know if you have watched it entirely, but I have, I have watched it. He does. He does. I have, I've seen other interviews he's done with just Chris on his own. He has me too as well. And he does, he, he asks some, some interesting questions, which I think a lot of other interviewers wouldn't dream of asking. And I suppose to a certain extent, you know, he's probably from our point of view as fans, he's probably got trying to get some more information yeah. that we wouldn't normally get out of the band. So for that, I like it. But I, there's also sometimes where I just think, you know, you're asking this question and you know that the band are going to come back or Chris on his own, they're going to come back with just a generic answer. Exactly. Where they're not going to give anything away because we all know that Coldplay are so secretive and, and clearly have one of the best creative teams in the entire world yeah um you know with, with the things that they come up with for every album and every tour and, and every ev just everything that they do really and i think you know you're right that when you say that johnny said that he let just i think they just let chris just say look you know we're, we're here for you at this at this time do what you have to do and we'll give you support right? yeah and i think phil says it in the a head full of dreams documentary that, you know, when Chris was at his absolute lowest, he then starts writing ghost stories. Yes. And yes. I remember him saying, and I can't remember where he said it, but he said that he wrote it because he had to feel that he had to sing it just to get through the day. Yeah. And I think certainly for me, and again, not wanting to be too dramatic, but I had to listen to it every day just to get through the day. Yeah. Because, you know, from start to finish, and I'm, you know, I'm not going to admit that from, you know, from the first time I heard it I loved every song on it there were a couple of songs on it that I didn't particularly like um, you know that I think where I just wanted to hear some of the songs I would have quite happily have skipped them um, but now I can't listen to ghost stories well and skip a song I can't You, ha I have to listen to all nine songs um, all the way through yeah I think the first the first time I heard it was I don't know whether you remember they did that visual stream thing and I don't even know really what to call it but where they created that like animation of the ghost stories wings it's just like the album cover and they animated all the different characters within it like moving around and whatever and they put it on iTunes yeah it was like one week before the album officially came out so it was it got everyone by surprise because it first was so beautiful and then it was before anything else we just had the album yeah I think I think I think we'd had like magic as a single a couple of months before, yeah, and, and, and then midnight. a sky full of stars about a week before, yeah. and that and that was it. I think yeah. 
We had Midnight in February that oh, year. Oh, yes. I remember it very yes, well we because did. when Midnight came out, I couldn't listen it to, at the time it came out. So I had to wait a long time, almost a day to listen to it because of lots of reasons. I had I was without access to the internet and lots of things happened, but I just could listen to Midnight to, to Midnight after a few hours. And when I got to listen to it, I listened to it first as a remix someone posted on YouTube. And I was like, what the hell is Coldplay doing? What What is this? And, and then I, I went to listen to the actual version. I was like, this is going to be Coldplay's Kid A. You know Kid A by, by Radiohead? Yeah. And I was like, what is Coldplay doing? This is so interesting. And today it is my favorite song of, uh, of Ghost Stories. Because, and you talked about, I just want to come back to... to, to go back a little on what you said about in the beginning there were some songs that you didn't quite like it but I think that a great album is an album that leaves you that that gets a hanger that, that on something for you to come back later and and check if you like it or not or how you like that song or not and Ghost Stories does that so well it's just so beautiful with tracks like Midnight and Another Zombs in my case, when the first time I listened to it, it was like, it didn't click for me. It didn't feel right. But then as as I listened to it like mo lots and lots of times, I could realize how beautiful that song is. Because I don't know if you if you have watched it, but before the album came out, we have Always In My Head and, and uh, Another Zombs being played on Austin, on, S on yeah. South by Southwest. And lots of fun listening to it, and and the song "Another Zombs" were were quite different. It had more instrumentation than on the, the 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 actual studio version. So lots of fans got a bit mad. You as you said, you weren't very into the fandom that by that time, right? When Ghost Stories, I don't came think out. I had Twitter at I don't think I had Twitter at that time. Whoa, <laughs> to be okay, completely yeah. honest, you were um, very away from that. Right? But I mean, with Ghost Stories, I think I mean you say that when you listen to Midnight that. You just thought, oh, okay, this is good. this is interesting. I actually hated Midnight. Well, yeah, to start with. <laughs> lots of people did. I, I didn't like it because I'd come from this, like my first. I suppose my first. I wouldn't even call it. I was like around for the era. I think I just came in at the end, but I sort of started to really get into Coldplay around uh, the end of the Milo era, which I'm really. That's one of my biggest regrets because I really wish I'd got into them at the start of that and gone to see the tour because you know that whole dvd yeah of the milo tour is just is unbelievable and it just looks in incredible yes um you know and so i'd come from like listening to you know their previous five albums live 2012 which was just amazing and then suddenly you're getting this really strange like almost like techno song yeah um and i was just like oh i don't i don't know whether i like this and then then we got magic and it was just like okay i i like this it's it's it, it it, you know, Magic to me was just simple. It was like, you've got, you've got a bass, you've got drums, you've got a bit of guitar, you've got a bit of piano and you've got some singing. Like, what more do you want in a song? And to be fair, when you look, I suppose when you look back at Coldplay's discography, that's the majority of their songs, really, up until that point. I suppose, you know, Milo, they started to, you know, experiment a little bit more, um, but not too much that you could sort of say, oh, this isn't Coldplay. Whereas, 
you get ghost stories and it was you can clearly hear there's a lot of production that's gone into ghost stories to make it sound the way it sounds and i completely get your point as well when people heard like always in my head and and others arms play live and then you listen to them on the album and they're entirely different because i remember hearing the live version of another's arms and i was like oh i love this yes like the piano was so clear and then you listen to it on the album it's just like where's the piano like you can just about hear it the drumming was quite different too ray yeah well, the song sounded heavier bigger on, on live versions and some people got disappointed i got a bit disappointed but i mean they're just different songs they're not like better or worse than anything i mean that's coldplay all over like yes. you hear you know if, if we take the head full of dreams tour for example you know they completely changed fix you yes but everyone loves that version like it's amazing it's amazing how it transitions out of him for the weekend in midnight and it's, it's it's great if you're one of the first people to go to a concert on the head full of dreams tour and it gets to the end of him for the weekend and suddenly you hear like a, a sped up like snippet of midnight you're like well hang on but they've just played midnight literally yes. like three songs ago before charlie brown so what was what's what's going on here and it's just i just like how they're I think in the past, maybe when you look at like X and Y and the tour, they were, they were very rigid about, it, it seemed like they were very rigid about how songs should be played and they should almost sound exactly like they were on the album. Whereas now it's just like, oh, well, if we can't get it to sound like it does on the album, then it, it doesn't matter. Like they come up with a, you know, that Yellow is now played much faster than, it, than, it, than the album version. The Scientist is played faster than the album version. And now they're playing acoustic. Yeah, like on all the, the the concerts that the small gigs that they they've done on music of the spheres, it's only Chris and and a guitar, and that's perfect for Yellow. I mean, it's very nice that they usually, uh, you said that they 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 change things on on live versions and, and especially on old songs because thinking about Fix You, it's it's a 15 year old song yellow it's more than 20 years old lots of, of, of songs that are very old and like it must be as a band if you have 20 years of career in a band it must be a bit people will hate me but it must be a bit boring to play the same thing all over and over again so it's nice to see that they as a band are like they're still playing songs that are 20 years old but as they were as if they were new as if they were fresh and, and just got out of of the record you know it's it's very interesting yeah it, it is and i think as well i mean i and i i'm not afraid to admit this but <laughs> i'm a bit of a i guess i'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to the head full of dreams tour in terms of um because i've done like live shows myself you have to think about various different things in terms of which songs need to come when and how stuff feeds into yes. one another. And I think they probably realized when they were planning the tour, look, we need to fit Fix You in somewhere, but we can't fit it in like they did on Milo, the Milo tour. We can't fit it in after clocks because we're going into midnight. Yeah. Because Chris needs to change his shirt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then I suppose if you think about him for the weekend, the way that it ends with um, that uh, with Beyonce's vocals, it just suits that something else would come in there, but it's not the organ for Fix You. 
Um, you know, I mean, to be honest with you, they probably could have had a lot of songs that came in after him for the weekend because it's one of those ones. I mean, you could sort of imagine Charlie Brown coming in afterwards, Viva La Vida maybe coming in afterwards. But the fact that they then said, OK, let's, re let's remodel the first half of Fix You and we'll just do something a little bit different here. Um, I, I like that and I like that they're they're brave enough to 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 do that now and like you say like with songs like Yellow just play that as acoustic and it's going to be really interesting when they go on tour for Music of the Spheres to see which songs they choose to do as acoustic versions are, are either on the B stage or the C stage and which which songs they say no we've we've got to keep this on the A stage and it's and it's uh you know this needs to be a big anthem that everyone needs to sing along to exactly and it's very nice because like still talking about fix you in this a head full of dreams era version he sings lower he doesn't sing in, in his usual falsetto that it is so he goes you go from him for the weekend to something very small and intimate that in the end turns back to being something very huge again so and it's I I'm getting like <laughs> I'm getting chills about when talking about it because I got one of the very last uh, I have been to Coldplay live in São Paulo the, the concert that they did in São Paulo that they recorded so I was I was very thrilled the band was very thrilled everybody was very thrilled because we knew that this was going to become a DVD uh, so when that song came in I was like okay I'm I'm, I'm done like. I, if I die tomorrow, I'll die happy because I have accomplished everything that I, I have dreamed of. And we felt like everyone there was like that. And it's funny because it seems that Fix You is a song that they have picked up to change. <laughs> because on the few concerts that they did on Everyday Life, it was played on guitar. I love that version. Like Chris. Yes, Chris wasn't on the piano. Chris was with the guitar and strings and, and Johnny used a 12 string guitar on that too. And they, they played Lovers in Japan very close to it. And it was also a very different arrangement. And it's very nice to see that they can do those kind of, this kind of things, right? It, that they, they like to reinvent themselves. And we had songs that we never expected them to play or that we have never expected them to play like that. And this is just so beautiful and, and, and inspiring for me. And I guess for you as musicians, we feel inspired, or I feel inspired to rethink my own songs and, and reimagine something that, I don't know, I'm personally speaking, I'm very into remixes nowadays. I wasn't, but I am. Uh, not listening to lots of remixes, but making remixes, like downloading stems and, and seeing what I can do in logic or, or music production things here. So, and, and it was basically because of that, because I have seen not only Coldplay, but especially Coldplay here, um, taking their songs live and saying, you know that song? See what I can do to that song. Yeah. Like you think you know Fix You, you don't. See what I can do with Fix You. So it's it's very funny. Yeah, they, they, they do it with a lot. I think if you look over the years, they've done it with a lot of songs. If you think about God Put a Smile Upon Your Face, they've just turned that into like a rock anthem now. Yes. Um, you know, I don't think they'll ever go back to playing it the way it actually is on uh, the A Rush of Blood to the Head album. You know, if you, and, and there's, there's so many, I think, you know, there's the acoustic version of Speed of Sound they did, you know, on the Milo tour. They put a remix after Paradise. I, I mean, that. <laughs> Out of the blue. I, I, and I think this is why, in my personal opinion, 
and I, I'm sure that there'll be a lot of people who, uh, who who went to the Milo, who were lucky enough to go to the Milo tour. Yeah. Um, who will probably disagree with me, but I genuinely think a head full of dreams, the tour itself, I think it's the best thing they've ever done. Oh, I agree with you. I strongly agree with you. Wow. Without even thinking twice. I live in Brazil. So they played here on October 1st, 2011. Yes, I remember the date. Don't ask me why, because I wasn't there. It was on Rock in Rio. They played it. The album wasn't even out by that time. So they played an enormous concert in Rock in Rio. It was amazing. They played like politics. They played songs that nobody expected them to, to play on that day. But it wasn't the actual tour because the album wasn't out by that. It was the release month. It was uh, uh, Milo dropped in October 24th. Dates I randomly remember for no reason, but well, it was out on, on, on October 4th, uh, 24th. And they scheduled some dates here, but out of the blow, they just canceled it. And they didn't explain why. They said something very important happened and they couldn't play it. And we got no code play for four, for five or six years after that. Because then they released Ghost Stories, which was very intimate. And then just after that, on 2016, they've been here with I have full of dreams. They started and finished the tour here. So we got a long time without seeing Coldplay live, but then we have the beginning and the end of the tour here. So, I mean- I think that's why they did it. Yes, exactly. I think that's why they said, look, you know, we want to start in, you know, like Latin America. We want to start in Argentina and Brazil because we had those shows planned for the Milo tour and we never did them. Yeah. And then I think, and then to be fair, you know, to, to end, I, I quite like the idea of ending a tour where you started it. I think that it just makes complete sense. You either end a tour where you started it or you end a tour in your home country. Yeah. And they were never going to end the tour in England. So, <laughs> you know, they were always going to pick somewhere else in the world where they thought, yeah, okay, the audience here is amazing. Um, because, you know, by then they would have done 110, I think it was, they did 115 shows in the end, I think. So by the time they get to South America, they've done you know, like 110 shows. They do a couple in Brazil for the film. They then record the last sh the last two shows in Argentina for the, the live album. They're as rehearsed as they can be. They're at the peak of that tour. So it, it just makes complete sense to, 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 to do it like that. And, you know, from watching live in Sao Paulo, the, the, I don't think anywhere in the world can really compete with a South American audience. Yeah, I always say that, but it's very nice to see that someone else is saying that because I am very biased when I say that. <laughs> but I strongly agree with you. Like You, you, you guys have an incredible amount of energy. Yes, and it's, we are wrestlers. I, I know when people make these like films, they can, they can do it so they show the people that are really into it, but you really feel from the moment that film starts that everyone is invested in that show for the next two hours. Yes, we plan some fan clubs here, plan some flash mobs with yellow balloons for yellow. So I can definitely tell you, I was in, I was in the arena part of the, of the stadium. I wasn't in the, the crowd. I couldn't unfortunately get a ticket there. But, and this is very nice about Coldplay concerts because if you are like, on the, the head of the stage, if you're facing Chris Martin and the band, you have one experience. But if you are on the top, if you're on the very back, you have another experience and they're equally awesome. Because for example, if you are very close to the stage, you cannot see the fireworks properly and the xylo bands properly. 
Like I started crying in the minute where a head full of dreams started and everything got red because of the silence. I just started crying because I could see like a sea of color inside of in front of me but that's not what I was going to say when uh, talking about Brazilian audiences when Chris started playing Yellow that is just the second track of the concert the second I felt the ground shaking like I, and the band was it was just Chris Martin and a guitar in the crowd and I can tell you that I felt the ground shaking and I was like I am going to die because this is going to break <laughs> and, but it didn't of course but <laughs> I mean it was such a strong energy because there were like 50,000 people there there were 50,000 people there and uh, I can't I this, this is more than it's almost five years old and it still feels like it was yesterday it, it, it really does feel <laughs> like it's yesterday and I know exactly what you mean about the the feeling of yellow and if you're you know if you're a fan who's like i don't know if 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 they've done like a tv show like when they did glastonbury oh. in 2016 I mean, obviously I, I from being from england i can watch that on tv got it um and i did obviously yeah <laughs> um but you you start to learn what the set list is and obviously from twitter as well people post videos you start to to learn what the set list is so you know as soon as a head full of dreams is finished they have that little like I'm going to call it a jingle. It's not a jingle, but it's that little thing at the start of a head full of dreams. It carries on and you know the exact moment that Chris is going to strum that guitar and start playing yellow. And I just remember when I've seen them live, when he did that, you can just feel your entire body just shake. Yes, exactly. And then when, yes. and, then, and then when the drums and the and the and Johnny, you know, Will and Johnny and Guy come in as well, you just, everything just shakes and the noise is just unbelievable. And it's yes, you know, for people who there's a lot of people in the world who you know don't like Coldplay, and that's fine because you know we live in a world where people can like and dislike whatever they want. Thanks, God. But, right. All, all I all all I would say to to people is that if you get the opportunity to go to a Coldplay concert in your life, just go. I know as Coldplay fans, that's really easy for us to say, but for <laughs> yes. people who aren't Coldplay fans, <laughs> just go because actually you'll 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 be surprised at, uh, at um, I think at how much fun you'll probably have. But I mean, um, Coldplay is a different band life. I mean, if you don't like Coldplay on studio. It is likely that you like Coldplay life because they're clearly different. Like there were some things like Everglow. I I'm not a, a the biggest fan of Everglow, but when they played Everglow live, which was like only Chris and Johnny in the end and, and pianos and, and it was very simple, very quiet stage B. But I could say in that moment that that was my favorite Coldplay song. I though I knew it, well, it, it is not. But in that moment, in that specific, so, and that's the biggest point. Coldplay made me realize music not only as something I listen to, but as an event, as something that can gather people together and say, "Let's do this together." This is not me playing for you. This is us playing for us. Coldplay have always done that, but. When they started, like on on Milo Zyloto tour, when they started making the crowd as part of the concert with the Zylo band, this had become so clear and so beautiful at the same time because we really feel part of something all the time. Like when I see my Zylo band turning on, 
the way that Chris and the band connect and, and talk to us when we get low with Adventure of a Lifetime and then everybody jumps at the same time. Another time that I felt that the staging one was going to collapse, by the way, when everybody jumped on, on, on Adventure of a Lifetime, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. But well, I, I'm having such a, a, a beautiful memories right now. I'm going to finish this podcast and, and watch live in Sao Paulo because it's just so beautiful. I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> So let's change topics a little bit because actually we have just answered the first question I had to ask you <laughs> and it's like 30 minutes long already but you said it's your favorite Coldplay album is um is Ghost Stories but I want to know what is your favorite Coldplay song? I mean anyone who's a real Coldplay fan do they really just have one favorite song? Let's be honest. <laughs> that's the, that's the answer that I wanted to hear. That's exactly what. Yes. I mean saying that I do have a favorite. Um but if if someone was to ask me to list or to rank all the Coldplay songs in order, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. I might be able to give you like a top five Great. But I, after that it, they, they it changed on a daily basis on a weekly basis it just depends what mood I'm in you know sometimes I can sit there and put my Coldplay playlist on yeah. and I can and I won't skip a single song but other times I'll sit there and I go oh no I just want I just want the the top five yeah like the uplifting songs like you know every teardrop is a waterfall sky full of stars up and up stuff like that you just want those songs you don't don't really want to listen to things like Sparks for example but then other days Sparks will come on and go Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm happy to listen to this. I mean, going back to the original question before I waffled on. Um, so my my favorite song is probably "Fix You" because that was that's the song that got me into Coldplay. So you know, without that song, you know, the last what eleven eleven twelve years of my life could have been very different. But you know, saying that, there are obviously. I mean, Coldplay have so many. I mean, they have eight albums. <laughs> We're about to get the ninth in yes. a week. Yes. Um, I mean, and, and, and even that is unbelievable to think that in a week's time, both of us would have listened to Music of the Spheres. And it, that, uh, you know, like how we, we know what bits of the songs sound like, but we don't know how the whole thing sounds like. It's just like, personally, I can't wait until that comes out. I think these days I know that with a Coldplay album, I'm going to love the whole thing regardless, which just sounds a bit silly because there's always, there's always going to be one or two songs on an album where you go, oh, this might take a bit of time to, to grow on me. But from what we've heard with like the album trailer thing that they've done, I don't think there's a single song on there that I'm not going to like. Yeah. Something that is very nice about Coldplay and something that I really appreciate and that gives me a very nice feeling of being a Coldplay fan is that I know that they can make albums. Even though like A Head Full of Dreams, for example, it's not my favorite album. It's not even on my top five albums from Coldplay, for example, but it is not just a group of songs randomly put together, you know? It's a, it's it's an album. It's a proper album. And this is one of my least favorite albums. It is my favorite tour because of the one I was in and it's, we, we know that this was the best tour. Come on, like, <laughs> we know that this was amazing. But still, I know that Coldplay, I, I already have a strange kind of, uh, that I don't need to worry about if this is going to be a good or bad album because it won't be a bad album. I, no, I know exactly what you mean. I think from I think from the moment that we heard Higher Power 
I mean, and I fell in love with that song immediately. Yes. Um, because I think after everything that we'd all been through in, you know, in the last year and a half with, you know, COVID and just everything else that's gone on, to have Coldplay come out and basically say, oh, look, you know, the world's going to be okay. You know, here's here's a happy song for you all. <laughs> and it is a happy song. You know, and we don't, and I suppose we don't really, you know, maybe in the last couple of years we've got used to Coldplay doing that, you know, Adventure of a Lifetime, for example, it's, it's happy, you know, a sky full of stars. But before that, you'd get, you know, you'd get, you know, The Scientist, Fix You, Yellow, you know, songs like that where you go, oh, yeah, it's got bits to it. But actually, on the whole, it's, you know, it, I suppose it's got it's got a sad story behind it. Or in the case of Yellow, you know, Chris says it, there's no story behind it at all. He still doesn't know what it's about. But it's about um, the color. Let's fix it. Up. Yeah, let's just say it's about <laughs> the color. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know what you mean with Music of the Spheres, that it's just I think it's one of those things where you hear higher power and you go, OK, this is this is a really good song. And hopefully when they tour. I didn't think that that would be the song they would open the tour with. Yeah, me too. But it makes absolute sense. And the album, it's actually the album opener. And yeah. I mean, we have Music of the Spheres, like the the, the planet emoji, number one. <laughs> But still, is the, is the the album opener, I, I wasn't waiting for that. Really, And, and, I, and I think, and I, and I don't know, I personally for me, I wasn't expecting it because usually and historically when Coldplay released the first single... It's usually the song that comes at the part of the the set list in the tour where they go off the main stage yes. and go to the C stage and do acoustic songs. <laughs> I thought that nobody fought on things like that. Just oh, no, me. no, no. I, I mean, I, 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 think, I think of things like that. It's just... Thank you so yeah. much. I'm, well, I'm glad I'm not the only one as well, yeah. to be fair. So, I, so I'm thinking in my mind, okay, so you're going to have higher power and then they're going to go to the C stage. So what's going to be music of the spheres like one in, yeah and and then obviously then when we heard i think when they did the the live stream for glastonbury it started with like the actual the song music of the spheres and i sat there and i literally couldn't stop smiling because i was like oh my god this is such an amazing intro and then when i realized when it started doing like the pulsing like the pulsing bit with the synth in the middle yeah i was like with, with the bass i was like hang on a minute this is going to be This is building up to higher power. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just thought, okay, maybe they're just doing this for for Glastonbury and actually. But then the, when they kept doing it, I was like, no, okay, this is this is the these are the first two songs off the album. Yeah, these are the first two songs in the tour. And so we can listen to uh, like that that voice saying music of this, and that was the first time we actually have that. Like we had that thing on Everyday Life booklet that says music of the spheres. But that was the first time after Higher Power that we had the confirmation that Music of the Spheres was going to be... Was a thing. Yes. was yes. going to be something. So that was just something... So, and we had Human Heart that day. So, I mean, Glastonbury was just so amazing because it was the first time of lots of things for us. It was the first time of Higher Power Live, I guess. No, we had we had American. I Idol. think we had the Brit Awards. I think we had the Brit Awards a few weeks before. Yeah, I'm not sure about Brit Awards, but but we had American Idol be before that. Yeah, on American Idol we had the Sphere, so it was already they telling us something. But when when Glastonbury came and they did like music of the spheres and higher power and uh, human heart, I was like, and human heart got me as a surprise because I wasn't expecting something so small. 
it's not small because it's like lots of voices and Jacob Collier and We Are King and so many people together, but it's voice only. It's basically just like a stripped back version of Midnight. Yes. But it's that same yes. production on the vocals yeah. just without the synths and stuff exactly. in the background. It's This is what's making me so excited for Music of the Spears is that you've got Higher Power, which is a massive... That's, it's a stadium anthem. I mean, that's going to be amazing with fireworks and confetti and everything like that at the start of a concert. I mean, that, it reminds me, that music of the spheres into higher power, it perhaps hasn't quite got the same, um, like, immediate punch to it that Milo Zylato into Hurts I Like Heaven I knew you were has. going to talk about it. I knew it. <laughs> but it's absolutely got yeah. the same sort of feel of everyone will just go crazy because you, you, can, you can see it in your head that the lights go off you you hear that you hear the music of the spheres coming and you just hear the the words yeah. music of the spheres and you can just see the xylo bands lighting up and then it has that you know the bit where it pulses and you can just imagine all the lights in the stadium and all the the wristbands pulsing as well within you know in time with that yeah and then it dies down at the end and then you can just imagine this explosion of color and light and chris jumping around all over the place and it's just, it, that's just going to be amazing to see but then there are other songs like human heart where you can see that that is a song that coldplay would play on the b stage you can imagine it is i suppose it's it's a bit like everglow in a way that Chris Chris would say to the other three, right, you, you can go away now. You can go and get ready for whatever we're doing next. I'm going to stand here and I'm going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to do this on my own. Um, and, and I like that because when you compare those two songs, they're entirely different. And then you've got the 10 minute masterpiece that's coloratura at the end of the album. And you just think that that live is going to be absolutely incredible. Don't even say it. When I was talking to Haley, the only thing sometimes we could talk about was coloratura life. I remember when I recorded the podcast with with Brooke that it was the the the, the week after or it's two weeks after they released coloratura and we didn't have anything live about that song and and she said something like I believe that there is a chance that they don't play coloratura live. I thought that as well. Because it's yeah me I, I was I was actually worried about that because like I was thinking that I can't live in a world where Coldplay releases a 10-minute song and never played live, like Up With The Birds. I was like, this can't happen. This cannot happen. I was going to say, it would only, it would probably be, if you think about all Coldplay albums, yes. it would be the only closing track along with Up With The Birds that they never, that played. potentially they never played we live. We have like, and, Twisted Logic too. Oh, I mean, to be fair, I count Till Kingdom Come as the last track off okay. of X and Y. Okay, okay, <laughs> and they, I mean, obviously they didn't play that as the last song on the tour, but they, they did play it and they still play it now, every yeah. every now and then. But yeah, I, I I can definitely agree that when I heard Coloratura, I just thought, like, I can see how some of this is played live, but how the hell are you going to do the other bits? And I'm really pleased that when they played it, on the Howard Stern show, I was just like, yeah, that works. You, you've made that work. It works even better, I have to say, because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's live. It's, it has a specific energy. And Oh my God, this conversation is, make me, is making me so anxious for the future because <laughs> we have rumors for Coldplay being here in September next year. So this is almost a year from now. It's a long time. We are not having many things on that era here. We just had... Talking about Latin America, we just had a billboard, something like that, when higher power was being teased on Chile. We had something like that in a soccer match. It was kind of random, but well, we had, we, that's happened. So, I mean, we, I am very like 
please, Coldplay, do you remember us? I know they do. I know. I mean, I know that it's a, a hard time. I'm not. I don't want to be that boring fan that only comments like do this or do that. Release this song. Release the race. Like <laughs> I am. I mean, I mean, release the race. I mean, yeah, we should really, all go out and petition that they release the race because yeah. we definitely want it. I want the race, but I mean, the band has their time. They're releasing. Um, they're releasing Viva demos on 2021 guys wait the time will come the time will come and th and this is the thing that when you look back at what they've done in the last couple of years the arabesque was something that was a name that Perfect. came out of the viva era i think i think there's other songs that are on everyday life that were born a long time ago um yeah bunny adam bunny adam was something that they did on first we have Something very similar to Bunny Adam on Kaleidoscope, the, the track on A Headful of Dreams. First of all, but Bunny Adam, like the band part of Bunny Adam, was something that it, I think it was on Jimmy. Uh. I, I think I, I think the piano. I seem to remember there was a video. I think they did the band did a charity concert. I think it was called Under One Roof, and it was a, it was about 2009, yeah. 2010, and I think. If they did a very small set and uh, there was a part where I think something stopped working on stage. Yeah. And Chris just started playing this like just to fill the time. and Just the piano, right? Yeah, just the piano on its own. Yeah. And, and it was only when we got everyday life that someone on Twitter, and I can't remember who it, it is, but they put up and said, oh, this is from, this is from 2009. Yes. But the, the part of the, the band is they were sound checking. I can't remember if it was Jimmy Kimmel, but one of those like comedy uh, interview shows. And I have full of dreams era, but it was just like sound checking. And if you listen to that, if you listen to Bunny Adam, the band part, you can listen to them talking. Like, I think you can listen to Johnny saying something in the very back of the track, but you can listen to them. So it was something like of an improvisation, but they recorded it and then they put it on the album. Like, it's it's just so amazing. Did you, did you know that? Uh, maybe I'm- I think I do. I do seem to remember reading somewhere that um, it, it was taken from like a sound check um, yeah. at, at, at a show somewhere. Um, but even then it still sounds, it almost sounds like they've just gone into the studio and said, okay, we're just going to have a bit of a jam and that's what yep. they came up with which exactly. i suppose is technically what happened in the sound check they just said we're going to have a bit of a jam and that's what they came up with and yeah. um i think that's what i like about everyday life um because again it's one of those albums that i think more so perhaps more so than ghost stories is that it's one of those albums that doesn't get a lot of credit but actually a lot of coldplay fans like it yeah for how simple it is and how honest it is and i think also the fact that it was the first thing we got after Chris's speech at the end of the Head Full of Dreams yes. tour of we'll only be full, full of surprises surprise. and stuff like that. Um, and it's, I don't know whether we're too cl close to Coldplay to, I suppose, see it, but it, it just, as an album, it felt right coming at that point. They'd gone from a Head Full of Dreams straight into Music of the Spheres. I think it would have just been like, okay, well, you know, we need a... You know, we need something a bit smaller than this to get our appetite up. I mean, we always have appetite for Coldplay. That's that's yeah. never going to go away. No, but, but, I, but I got your point. It's, it's a bit like, you know, at the end of Milo, for them to go from Milo to a head full of dreams. And maybe this is, you know, saying in hindsight, but 
you sort of look at it and go, actually, Ghost Stories fits really well in the middle because it it's almost them saying, look, we're not ready to tour properly again yet because we've just done a year and a half tour for Milo where, you know, there's a lot going on in our personal lives. But we're going to do 10 shows or so for Ghost Stories. We're going to promote the album to a, to a level that we would be happy with. And I think with Ghost Stories, I don't think they were that bothered whether it did well in the charts or not. I think it was just, as I said earlier, it was just something that they felt they just had to make. And it, there, was a, there was an interview that Will and Chris did and when Chris showed Will a sky full of stars, Will said, oh, should we keep should we keep that song for something later? And then they realised that actually it fitted best on yeah. Ghost Stories. And I suppose at the time you think, oh, you know, what's coming later? But actually that could quite easily have gone on a head full of dreams. For that sure. Could quite, a sky full of stars actually maybe arguably would have fitted better on Music of the Spheres because of the space theme to it. But the, the thing that I always just love about Coldplay is they have this ability to look beyond the album that they're doing I know they always say oh look we put everything into this one and Chris always says oh yeah it's going to be the last one we you know I think we all get scared that one day that is going to be true and it will be true because there will come a point where they just go no you know what we've done everything that we've set out to do and I was personally I was worried that that would be a head full of dreams given the speech that he did at the end of that tour and just thinking okay you, you know maybe we're just going to get like a couple of EPs now for the next couple of years of just like unreleased stuff so like we would get the race but it would be on like an EP with like three other songs could be like the race people of the pride and something else just like demos from years gone by that they've managed to turn into a proper song it it but, would be nice I mean it, I, I mean, would, it, I would it not would, complain it would be nice when they teased Los Unidades things which I can, I just don't like it, but well. That, that, was the, uh, that was the weirdest day ever. Yes, but when they started teasing it and we didn't know what that was, I was sure, 100% sure that they were going to, because that was the first movement of Coldplay after uh, I Have Full of Dreams. So I was 100% sure that that was some weird project that was going to be a B-sides dump, you know, like, Everything that we haven't released so far, it's going to be Los Unidades and Coldplay is going to be the future. And I started making like theories about that and I was just so happy. I I know that I eluded myself. I know that I have fooled myself thinking about that. I never said that. But um, maybe that's why I got so disappointed when it released elo and that crazy ep because it's just not coldplay for me but it's nice to see that they they are able if like if they want to create another band and and, and say they're not coldplay they're losing it this but they are the same four guys and, and playing whatever they want I, I like the idea i don't like the reality that it have became but i like the idea but well if you're listening to this coldplay <laughs> please know that that we are expecting and we and you feel and feel free to make like a, a b-sides project we wouldn't complain well i suppose the b-side project is probably music of the spheres volume two <laughs> that's what i'm hoping yeah I, I, I'm, I mean it's interesting that i genuinely thought music of the spheres would just be like one album of like 11 12 songs they tour it they then go away for another four years we wouldn't hear from them they, they then might come back with you know something small again um but the fact that it says volume one 
really makes me think really makes me think that there's there's other stuff out there that they're working on and it's like you know we're obviously you know we all joke about you know asking them to release the race but when someone asked Phil on Twitter when are you going to release the race and he said oh Chris had a dream about how we how we can finish it so I, I really wouldn't be surprised if that's on Music of the Spheres volume 2 if there is a volume 2 yeah um, <laughs> and, and, I, and I can't wait because it's um, you know just from hearing that little that little clip in the documentary um, you just think actually that's that song's got potential and I can't believe that, that, that that's a song that Guy and Will sat there and went no we don't like that yeah, probably because um, they probably did at some point just sit there and go, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll, yeah, just you know, put it in the maybe pile, and we'll come back and look at it in three or four years' time. But I, yes, I was disappointed when it wasn't on Music of the Spheres because I genuinely thought if they're going to release it at any point, well, we never know, right? We never well, know. Well, well, yeah, you never know. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're not having the race on Music of the Spheres. But... No, I mean, it, we we might be getting Life Is Beautiful. Um, yes, this is something we might have. Life is beautiful. Well, I needed to interrupt this podcast right now just to say that I laughed so hard while editing when I said when we said that we may have life is beautiful because Infinity Signs not life is beautiful. But I made a poll down there. Let me know if you thought once that infinity side would be life is beautiful because i'm laughing so hard <laughs> of this hypothesis right now and that's it let's continue <laughs> but that's the point that i like about coldplay we're not getting life is beautiful we're getting infinity station but we know yes. like we're not getting um what's the name of the song oh my god that came that became people of the pride we're not having oh the man who swears yeah we're not having the man who swears like it's clearly a different song. I haven't listened to to People of the Pride. I want to have it as like in the album, the proper studio version, and then I will watch. I have I'm saving all the clips that people are posting now. I have just listening. I have just listened to maybe one clip, like 20 seconds long, because I don't, I don't want spoilers. Have you listened to it? I have listened to it, and I and I and I'm I'm not going to spoil it for you. But what I'm going to say is it's very it reminds me a bit of uh major minus Ooh, that's my favorite song from from milo okay Wait, okay yes yeah, it, it, it you, you can sort of see that that you know like in the tour when they because I, I assume they're probably going to play it they're playing it live now anyway which suggests yeah. to me that that's basically them saying we're just rehearsing this yes, <laughs> you yes know, we're yes. getting ready to play this live that it's yes. going to come you know it'll be like like that like song where major minus was in the set list on Milo or where birds and God put a smile upon your face were in yeah, the head full of dreams yeah. tour. It's that, it's that sort of gap there. That That's where I imagine it coming. You know, in a year's time, I could be entirely wrong and it could be coming like halfway through. I don't know. Um, but that's where I see it coming. And that's the sort of song that it, when I, when I first listened to it, I was just like, yeah, this reminds me of major minus and in a good way. Cause I know a lot of people Oof. don't like major minus. I don't trust who doesn't like major minus. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can judge me, but I'm <laughs> just kidding. A little. I'm afraid that we're um, arriving at the end. There are so many things that I wanted to talk to you, but we're not going to make it because of the time. So yeah, feel free to come back anytime you want, by the I way. I would absolutely love to come back. It would be a pleasure. You can think about that. But I mean, when this episode airs, we're already going to have music of the spheres here. 
so very cliche, but what are you um, thinking right now? What would you say to David from one week later that it's <laughs> so cliche that is that has already listened to music of the spheres? And uh, so what are your general expectations? We know we have already talked a little bit about that here. So I think what I would probably say to myself uh, <laughs> is just that first listen, put your headphones on, oh, just please. completely, completely zone out from everything, turn the volume up to 10 and just enjoy it. Yes. Because there's, there's something about listening to an album for the first time that when you've listened to it, you wish you could go back and almost go, oh, I wish I'd never heard this and listen to it for the first time all over again. Um, and you know, I, I can remember the first time I listened to ghost stories. I can remember the first time I listened to a head full of dreams and I can remember the first time I listened to everyday life. And if I could go back and relive all of those, I would absolutely love to. So I think, yeah, I would definitely be telling myself just, you know, make sure, you know, it, when you, when it gets to midnight next Friday and it comes out that you're one still awake, <laughs> yes. gotta still be awake for it. Don't go um, to sleep. But that, you know, the 42 minutes or however long it is, it is 42 minutes, you know, just, just, just sit there, enjoy it because you're going to be listening to it a lot. <laughs> yes. Uh, and we're all going to be listening to it a lot. Um, so yeah, and I, and I don't think, I don't think I'm going to be disappointed by it. I hope I'm not going to be disappointed by it. because I think we've waited a long time for Coldplay to come back with a huge album like this and when you know you look at the people that they've worked with on it and what we've already heard i think it's certainly got the potential to be one of the albums if not the album of the year yes i i have like a sort of um i forgot the word but a ritual yeah that's what the word i was looking for before coldplay album releases that i don't listen to anything by coldplay like i'm not listening to coldplay this week Really? Because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm the complete opposite. So I listened to the last thing that they, re they released. So for me, next Friday, I will probably be listening to Everyday Life. Got it. It's basically to have that transition between, okay, I know the Everyday Life era is technically ended because we've, we've had higher power and coloratura and my universe, but to sort of say, okay, that was the last thing. And, and, and now now we're go now we are properly going into music of the spheres. I, I think this is a nice thing to do. I think it's it's a nice way to understand how the album is going to fit on the discography by listening to the, the, the last one. It's it's very nice. But I, I like to forget something, you know. I, I don't listen to higher power in my universe and and, and, and coloratura for weeks now. Because You know that, that that thing you said about listening to to some albums and some things that for the first time, I think this is me preparing myself for listening to these songs that I have already listened to the three of them, or maybe four. Like if we get Human Heart and well, uh, but this is me preparing myself to have the best first time ever because. I, I am already missing those songs. Like I want to listen to Higher Power and Coloratura and especially those two, like Higher Power and Coloratura. I want I really want to listen to this is so methodic. This is kind of ridiculous. I, no, I, 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 I don't it because it's a bit like <laughs> it's 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 almost a bit like when you listen to and I think because we know that this album's gonna be like this where, you know, music the music of the spheres track, which I think it, I think it's called Neon Neon Moon. One, one which then two, yes. which then transitions into higher power it's a bit like listening it's a bit like listening to milo xylita you can't listen to just individual songs on there you have to listen to the whole thing because so much yes. of it 
flows into other songs. And I think Neon Moon 2 is going to feed into my universe. So I think you, so to be fair, I can see where you're coming from in terms of that you yeah. don't want to listen to those songs for weeks because actually you want to enjoy where they come on the album and if something feeds in exactly. if something feeds and transitions into it during the album and it almost then you're taken on a journey through the yes. planets that Coldplay have created yes. yeah. so I get it um, I, I truly agree with you I truly see you it is kind of methodic of me because like I don't know and this happens usually with Coldplay this doesn't happen with many artists but, but, I, but I think because with Coldplay it is, it's that thing around I, I mean I personally don't know any other artists or I can't think of any off the top of my head at the moment that I listen to who have those like transition tracks where it's not really a song it's like a 30 yeah. second bit of music that leads into a song but yeah. actually you have to listen to both because yeah. the other because one on its own just sounds a bit odd so I, so I so I so I I do get it um and I you know it, 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 and it, that is a Coldplay thing and I think that's one of the things I love about Coldplay is that they're not afraid to say okay we don't have 11 proper songs for an album so we're going to create these little transitions we're going to create these little instrumentals where we're going to take you on a journey through that you know I mean my favorite I think my favorite one of all of them is a hopeful transmission into don't let it break your heart into uh, up with the birds that that yes. those three songs you 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 go from you know almost it's almost like milo xylotite milo xyloto 2 is a hopeful transmission yes. it sounds very and then you don't let it break your heart it's just is it i mean it's it's almost like pop rock <laughs> basically it's got all the synths on it but it's very like Will smashing the hell out, smashing the hell out of a drum kit, and then up with the birds is just so peaceful. And I, I'm really hoping on the album as well. And I don't know whether it will be, but I'm really hoping that Infinity Station feeds yeah. into Coloratura. I'm really hoping yeah. that at the end those two are linked somehow. Yeah, I, I I'm pretty sure that we are not ready to like music of the spheres to my universe infinity station and coloratura this four songs to, i mean we know a lot of them already but those four songs i think they will really sound like one thing like half b of the album they they're just going to yes. work together oh i'm so hyped for this album i i this is too much. We've only got a week to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it sounds like they are releasing some teasers and I'm just running away from the teasers because I... And this is being so hard. <laughs> it's just so hard to not get any spoilers. And, and I love the teasers. It's a bit like when they did that, the, like the little video for when they released A Head Full of Dreams and you had like 10 seconds of each, each song. And when you listen to each one, like... Yeah. But you try and work out in your head what comes before the little 10 seconds yeah. that they've given you and what comes after it. And obviously the only bit that we knew at the time that they released that was Adventure of a Lifetime. And we all knew how that, how that went. But the rest of it was just like, you know, like you listen to the, 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 you listen to Fun and you thought, okay, that sounds like a good start to the song. Admittedly, Fun is not the best song they've ever made. It's, it's not the worst song they've ever made though. But you, you get that idea of, okay, this is what, you know, this is a 10 second snippet of each song and with music of the spheres we've got the same again and it's just yeah. like we just need a little bit more but the thing is like we're listening for over uh, to overture for three months we're listening to very sn small snippets like overture is two minutes long so we know nothing about the album just with overture but 
we're listening for those snippets for three months. Like, I can't handle more snippets. I think what we can say about the, like, the overture they've given us is that I think normally we would assume that the clips of the songs they've given us are somewhere in the middle. But actually, that's not the case, because I assumed that the cliff of my universe was the start. Me and it's too. Not, it's the end. Me too. Yes. Yes, me too. And we have like Infinity Station that it's nothing. Like we don't have anything on Infinity Station. Yeah. So actually, you know, that bit of, you know, humankind and let somebody go. And I mean, obviously, Infinity Station, that is the start of Infinity Station. There's no doubt about that. But yeah. there's, there's a couple of other songs on there where it's just like, well, is that the middle? Is that a verse? Where is it? Because actually, there's me thinking that my universe, that was the start. And actually, me that's too. at the end. Yeah. The problem for me is not the overture thing. The problem, like, and I say problem in quotation marks, of course, it's not a problem. But the thing for me is the snippets that they're releasing now, that it is like one week to the album, because I'm, I can't, I, I, I am so anxious. I, I, I. I take pills and, and those kind of things because I can't handle that. So Chris Martin, you bitch, you're not you're not helping with my anxiety. Please I don't. don't. I, I don't think Coldplay help with any of our anxiety, yeah, yeah. to be honest. They they help with it once they've released an album, but in the build-up, like we said earlier, their creative team is just incredible and they always think about how can they best involve the fans in yes. what they're doing and what they're releasing. And I think Will said in an interview a few months ago that he was amazed at how quickly we managed to like crack the code for higher power. <laughs> that he thought that, or the band thought that it would take us like a week and it took us like an hour. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. So, but that, but they're always coming up with, you know, really good, really creative ideas. And yeah, we all freak out about it and we all spend hours thinking, oh God, what could this mean? What could that mean? Um, yeah. But actually in the... It, you know, at the end, that's an enjoyable part of it. Yeah, I love we start it. To I love it. Theorize about things that are gonna, that might happen, but then actually, when you get, you know, when you get the album or the end product or whatever it is, we just have to jump into it head first and just go, okay, this 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 is the next era. This is yeah. you know, th this is now we are now in music of the spheres. We are a week away from the album. We're probably not that far away from a tour, to be honest. Um, you know, so we've just got to throw ourselves into this and just go, yes, Coldplay are back. And look at it and from the point of view of we're lucky to be alive at the same time as Coldplay. What we learned today is that Coldplay uh, earns a part of the, the money from our psychologists for dealing with our anxiety on that way yeah uh well yeah david thank you very very much uh it was a pleasure to have you here do you have any um thing else that you want to say that, that it's on your mind to say here i, I just want to say th thank you so much for for having me and for letting me reach out um and for being the first person on the podcast that's actually reached out to you and I mean, yeah. certainly the three people that you've had on before in Brooke, Frank and Haley are far more, far bigger than I am on Twitter. So <laughs> thank, thank you for, uh, <laughs> thank you for letting someone who's uh, not as, not as Twitter famous as them <laughs> uh, come on, come on to the podcast uh, and, and basically talk about Coldplay for the best part of an hour. 
Um, yeah. And if, if you ever want me to come back, I would be absolutely, I would be delighted to come back. I would absolutely love it. So, oh, you uh, will come back. I will talk to you about that at the moment where we finish here. Don't worry about that. <laughs> I already have plans for you. Oh, excellent. Thank you very much. <laughs> But David, thank you very much. I uh, hope you have a nice week and have a nice release day because it's, it will be so strange to listen to this episode when it airs because when it airs, we'll be like, fully immersed on music and we'll have all the answers <laughs> you will have all the answers yeah, exactly exactly david thank you very much see you later thank you and bye-bye thank you take care bye-bye Thank you so much for listening to Code Talks. This podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Rodrigo Saminis. I also made a soundtrack of the show, which is original since season two. Graphic design is made by Luis Eduardo Pinheiro. I ask you please to rate the podcast and follow us in the platform that you're listening to. It helps us a lot. Also, if you like Code Talks and want to support the show, please consider buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash pod to donate whatever you want. Also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. P-O-D. Thank you very much and see you next week.